0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this year's Halloween episode. Today, I'm joined by Oldar. Howdy. And Min. Hello. We're going to watch a horror movie together. Unfortunately, there is no live commentary this year. And then we'll return with some more cohesive thoughts. As you may remember, last time we watched a proper horror movie, Gonjiam Haunted Asylum. This Halloween, we're doing what seems to be a more chill film, Spellbound, also known as Chilling Romance, or Osakan Yone. Woo!
1: Before we go into the deep plot analysis that isn't really that deep, but, you know, we're going to talk about the plot. I'm gonna give you a little vibe check, so each of us are gonna describe this movie in about three words, and you'll just... I think those will be more explanatory of this movie than b- of the actual plot analysis.
0: Okay. So, my three words have somehow all started with c: confusing, cringe, and cheeky. I feel like that that well sums up the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it really does. Street magicians, nipples. Mm-hmm. That was m- multiple words. Bad life choices. <laughs> I'm I'm cutting that as okay, okay. one word. My three-word sentence is <laughs> all. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> that is mine. <laughs> lovely. Mine are sophomore, intriguing, scattered. Mm. All right. Nah. Yeah. Good. That's what we think of it. It's pretty much the whole movie. It is lovely. So let's give a short plot description. While performing a street-side magic show, magician Jogu sees Yori in the crowd and decides that she will be the perfect muse. The movie fast-forwards to his very successful show, which features what seems to be an actual ghost that takes a disguised cast member from the audience and makes them disappear and reappear as a bit. Following the show, Jogu tries to encourage Yori to spend time with the rest of the cast, but she continually makes excuses to get out of it. As the movie progresses, it is revealed that following a tragic bus accident, she acquired the ability to see ghosts and that has led her to live a solitary life away from family and most of her friends. Jogu and Yori bond, but there is conflict in the fact that he is in a relationship and that Yori's ability causes him distress.
1: Many antics ensue. Some basic information about the movie itself. It was written and directed by Huang In-ho someone who's been in the movie industry since the mid-2000s, and has titles under his belt like the movies Lovephobia from 2006 and Monster from 2014. In regards to Spellbound, he stated, "...I would say that genres as rules or formats have become increasingly important in Korean commercial films. However, I feel uncomfortable within the format and its limitations." I want my story to flow free of genre restrictions and develop a new character. Why do you have to respect every genre rule? My story still makes sense anyway, with or without them, Unquote. He might have <laughs> overstepped it a little bit with that this story still makes sense, but okay, <laughs> that's for later. <laughs> the movie was released on December 1st, 2011, and over the course of its theater run, it had almost 3 million moviegoers attending the screenings. This made it the 7th highest-grossing film to be released in 2011
0: in South Korea, as well as one of the best-selling rom-coms in a while in South Korea. This movie doing so well is, of course, partially due to the incredible cast. Son Ye Jin plays the main character, Kang Yo-ri. She is a superstar known for her roles in movies like The Classic and The Last Princess, as well as smash K-drama hits like The Summer Scent* and more recently Crash Landing on You. She became the nation's first love in the 2000s and has since continued to earn love and praise for her acting and roles. As far as her personal life goes, she married Hyunbin in 2022 and recently had her first child with him. The other lead role, Ma Jo Gu, is played by Lee Min-gi. He too has had his fair share of love from the public, taking on roles like in the 2011 movie Quick, and K-dramas like My Liberation Notes, and most recently Behind Your Touch from this year. Also, I remember just now that we, we being old R and I, we did a single scoop on Because It's My First Life, and that came out like almost two years ago now, I think. But he is also the main lead in that. So, check that out. Finally, let's mention an idol actor.
1: Hwang Sung-On is an actress and singer under CJES Entertainment. In 2017, she debuted in YG's project group Temporary Idols alongside Akmos Sohyun and a couple of others. This group was made for a TV show and has not been active since. Now with that all out of the way, let's talk about our thoughts on Spellbound. What did you be like,
0: JR? What did you like? Yes. What did you enjoy? So I was a big fan of the makeup for the ghosts in particular. We kind of had all collectively gotten the vibe of the movie before the ghosts even showed up, so I was not expecting much from them. But regardless of all that, the ghosts actually had some pretty creepy looks, and we were all pleasantly surprised at the makeup design.
1: It was giving the ring, Mm -hmm. and Ringu, and all of the other ring- Related movies, that's that's what the ghosts were giving. Love that. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Hold on. I really
2: liked the makeup that was done for this movie. Like, you had the juxtaposition between how it was done for the ghosts versus how it was done for just living people. And then even there was a scene where one of the characters was supposed to have been, like, on death's door right next to another character, and she looked like she was already gone. I don't know if they meant to go that way, but that's how it came off. And also, the stylist did a great job at very thin eyeliner. Mm-hmm. But yes, there was also a ton yes, of, of twenty eleven eyeliner. This. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was especially I remember there being a lot of thick eyeliner because I'm going back through that time period right now, and the eyeliner was like everyone looked like raccoons. So this was it was more
1: like accenting the eyes but not blocking them out. It was giving wicks. It was giving wicks. <laughs> that that's what it was giving at some point. <laughs> love that no further comments
0: okay i was also a fan of both yori's friends in particular i've been a pretty big fan of Do for years i've seen her in a lot of K dramas, but never in a movie min also pointed this out while we were watching imido's set looked quite nice when it was first shown but as more shots were presented it looked more and more dingy which we all thought was a really interesting touch And just kind of not something you would have necessarily picked out if you were just kind of watching casually. I think that's why I enjoy it when we watch movies together because we can all be focusing on different things. Like, that's just how our minds work. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that part of it. We might have been putting a little bit too
1: much depth into it while (laughs) watching it, but, you know. Likely. But I was second that the... Two girlies that played the best friends. Stellar performances. Love that. Mm 10 out of 10. Great.
2: (laughs) We spent so much time focusing on their dynamic and trying to figure it out. And when could they have met each other? What did they do? And like, that was, I think, at least 50% of our conversation was about them and having questions and wanting to hear more about them.
1: We could have a spinoff with just these three people. That would be fantastic. We were
2: down for that. Well, and also we liked how it's like, wait, how is she friends with this person? Because they were all different. And you wouldn't think that they would all be friends together. But though, as we find out in the movie, though, that they haven't actually met in person until towards the end of the movie. So it's their personalities that brought each other together, which, as you'll see in the movie, they're very different, but they work so well together because of their differences. As
1: wonderful.
2: (laughs) Yes. It was a very fun friendship group to see in a film. Because, like, that sounds like friends, like, I'd have in real life. Like, that kind of difference in, like, what everyone does and stuff. But seeing it in a movie, instead of, like, people being similar, was
0: something I really enjoyed. Hey. All right, so those were my likes. Old R, why don't you give us your first one? The main aspect I enjoyed about
2: the film was how it tackled the supernatural elements of the story. As someone who's heard a lot of ghost stories over the years and been on many ghost hunts, as it were, I had an expectation for different ways in which ghosts could act. Instead, I was pleasantly surprised by the blend of rules that made the conflict interesting. Ghosts weren't restricted in where they could go and always had a reason for appearing. There is a main ghost who has a purpose for haunting, and I thought how she enacts vengeance on the protagonist was fair. However, the ghost that took my heart had a very short appearance and was of a kid who had died in a car crash. Him haunting the protagonist led to them discovering the car he died in and saving his parent, who was still trapped inside, injured. And I'm a sucker for stories where the deceased stays behind to help their loved ones, so that stood out to me. Yeah, it was really cute. Mm. There are a lot of ghost stories where... The ghosts can only remain in the perimeter of the house. So it's like, why are you so spooked? As long as you don't go back there, you're fine. But in this one, though, the ghosts could walk around and they don't have to be connected to someone like they could follow someone if they're like, hey, this person could help me. But it felt like they lived on their own. You know what I mean? Where there's sometimes where characters are into where they are very clearly only tied to the protagonist. And then once the story is done with them, they just disappear into the void like they had nothing else going on. Whereas this, I felt like, gave them some kind of independence. So I really appreciated that. And again, they had their own motivations, and I felt like there was a range.
1: So I appreciated
2: that. So what about you, Min? What did you like
1: about it? It was really fun seeing a more spooky take on a rom-com. I don't personally watch a lot of stuff, but uh, I do like spooky things. So that was fun. <laughs> Another person that we meet in this movie is the on-and-off girlfriend of the male lead. I don't think we managed to pin down exactly what their relationship was, because I kind of fell off. But anyway, this woman, all her lines were brutal, each and every one. And mm-hmm. I loved it, iconic. She didn't really overstay her welcome, so that was nice.
0: Peak character writing, honestly. Yeah, I think that part of the story was really well paced. Because it could have dragged out. Yeah. But it did not.
1: A lot of this was a little bit dragged out. Anytime she was there, that was a good time. She had great lines. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Now we've heard a couple of the things that we enjoyed about this movie. How about the things that we
0: found a little bit unfortunate about this film? Sure. Okay, so I'll start us off again. Personally, I didn't think that the chemistry between the leads was that good, which I think is a wild thing to say because Sonia Jin has never done anything wrong. <laughs> not to say that, like, anything wrong was done here. I just did not believe that the two of them liked each other that much, and therefore I was not very invested in their love line. So. That's kind of, like, a big part of this movie. (laughs) So to not enjoy it kind of makes me not enjoy the movie as a whole, in a way. That is one thing.
1: Yeah, it felt like many other love stories a little rushed, and, like, they didn't really Mm -hmm. enjoy each other's presence for the most part. Early on, it borderlines bullying, workplace (laughs) bullying. Mm -hmm. It's just... Mm -hmm. I don't know, it feels kind of yeah. icky, but it's not the worst. It's definitely, it isn't the worst. Yeah.
0: Not the best, not the worst. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, the workplace bullying thing, it didn't feel like he genuinely wanted her to enjoy everyone's company. It was just like, she won't do it, so I gotta make her do it type thing. Yeah, just, and it's just... A- it's. I didn't like that.
1: <laughs> no, it's a weird power dynamic, since he's kind of the Mm. main boss and she's literally a stagehand it's yep it's kind of off but alas it is what it is
2: yeah i was genuinely not on board with it and also how they fell in love it seemed more like they got together because the script told them to than that the story was leading them towards it Mm-hmm. It reminded me of I picked up a celebrity on the street. How that felt very forced and because we had a goal to get to, mm-hmm. not because it was less, like oh I can see problematic, the mold.
0: though than that. <laughs> oh, obviously still not great, but less bad. <laughs>
2: At least no one was yeah held for ransom or like or lied to. Like it wasn't that. It just felt mm-hmm. like how did we get from you are annoying employee who bugged me to this just because of a ghost. It just felt
0: mm-hmm. like it just, they just had a goalpost. Yep, pretty much. And then my last point is they could have had the dog show up a bit more. Because if you have a cute dog, you should use the cute dog. Like they mentioned the dog quite a bit, but they didn't show the dog that much. And I just want to know why. Like for the
1: longest time you were like, is this a ghost dog? We have not seen this animal. What could it right. mean?
0: Yeah, because Yori even said, like, oh, I gotta feed my dog, and then we never see the dog, so we are like, is she lying about even having a dog? (laughs) Yeah, and also, here's the other thing, that they could have gone with the whole animals can
2: see ghost trope, too. Yeah. And it would have fit. So it felt like the dog was underutilized and just sprinkled in at random moments. Possibly
1: lost in editing.
2: Yeah. It did not seem like she took care of the dog at all, though. I did not get that vibe. A missed opportunity.
0: So, yeah, Old R, let us know what you disliked, please, and thank you. I had a couple of
2: dislikes, but I really pared it down because I felt so bad that it was going to be very lopsided (laughs) with how I talk compared to them. So, while I recognize that to an extent the suspension of disbelief is necessary for movies like this, it was a bit too absurd at times. There was one moment in particular that bugged me, and that was when Yori ripped holes in Jogu's shirt which showed his chest. She did this more than once, and it bothered me for two main reasons. First off, woven fabric doesn't rip that way. Even if it was prepped with cuts to make it easier, it still shouldn't have ripped like that. And also, it was just solid shirt, solid button-up to where- where she ripped- would have been in the middle of the woven material, which doesn't make any sense. And there weren't even any breast pockets on that first dress shirt where it could have been argued that the pockets could have been ripped off in that shape if the seams had been sloppily basted at a stupidly long stitch length and she had a seam ripper in her hands, which leads to a whole bunch of other questions relating to clothing construction. And I couldn't stop thinking about this because we watched the movie on a Friday then. I was working on doing repairs of a coat, that weekend and I'm like that's not how material rips like even like really thin material doesn't rip that way but just led to a lot of questions about clothing construction and how it just didn't make sense and also the way that they cut away it's very obvious that that isn't how it worked <laughs> and my second beef with that is that while she could see and interact with ghosts at no other time do we see that she has superhuman strength and I recognize that it was supposed to be a gag but it was so bizarre that it came off as being gratuitous. And that moment bugged me so much, it took me out of the story and made me wonder what the production team (laughs) were thinking. It felt as though it wasn't thought through and was just a means to get to the goal of exposing Jogu's chest. Like, why?
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like something that Korean shows and movies do a lot is they play up on drinking habits. Yeah. And so they're like, this is just a funny drinking habit that she has. But it was weird. It, it was weird. It didn't come back in any way that made sense. Like, she just did it a few times. He had to carry another shirt around with him because, like, if she gets drunk, I gotta make sure that I'm prepared. Maybe at the time, maybe that type of humor did really well. But, like, watching it now over 10 years later, we were just like, that's... A decision that they made <laughs> yeah yeah
2: again as someone who's worked with fabric like that i was just like if you're gonna have rips it's gonna be first along the seams or fabric around where areas are like the most used like on jeans for instance you'll see like the thighs go or like around the zipper because that's where you use it more and it rubs up against stuff more But this is just right in the middle of the shirt, no pockets or stitching on the areas that were affected. So there's no reason for the fabric to Mm be weak. And I went and I rewatched that part after this weekend. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So it's just, I probably (laughs) wouldn't have been as bugged if I didn't have a history of sewing with that material specifically. That that just upset me. I was just like, no. And my other (laughs) little beef, which I will not go too much into, was that... There is a bit of a housing situation. There's quite a few things where you have to suspend disbelief. And one of them is the housing situation where she somehow in the middle of Seoul, I assume she's, it's technically like a, I don't know, would it be a part-time job or at least minimum wage? I like, I understand Jogu living in a big house because he's supposed to be like this big guy, woo, woo, woo. but she's got a backyard and very huge house. Fire, doesn't she have a fireplace? It's like Western style. Mm-hmm. And it's like considering the housing situation in Korea, it doesn't make sense to me. And the only explanation I can think of is that she's a squatter <laughs> who she ran into a ghost mm-hmm. at some point who she just was like, well, he's dead, but this is a really nice house and I need to live here. Here I go. And then there's also a thing with her having family in Norway, which Min was like, oh, wow. but <laughs> It's like if she's supposed to be an expat, there are so many rules around housing. Like what can foreigners buy and so oh, like She's that. not. Okay,
1: she's not. She's okay, not. I couldn't remember. No, her parents offhand. moved to Norway and left her. Yeah. So okay, I- that's what it was. I think she got her parents' house, but that house is really derelict. So I do lean more to the squatter situation than like, oh, she just inherited mm. this big old house.
2: That feels very mismatched. Yeah, it genuinely did not feel like it was her home. It felt like she was just living there because there wasn't another occupant at the time. Which was another reason why I didn't think that she had a dog. (laughs) Because I thought, you know, she's kind of all over the place and she can barely take care of herself, as you see, like, at the beginning of the movie, where she doesn't really eat very well and stuff. I was like, there's no way that she would bring a dog into this kind of home. Well, Mm -hmm. she did. So, yeah, that really just, there was way too much suspension of disbelief. To where it just genuinely frustrated me a lot. There were a lot of aspects. But definitely the shirt one was the one that upset me the most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As for men, what about you? What did you not like about this film?
1: To me, it felt like the director and the people who wrote it had a lot of ideas and just threw everything together and hoped that at least one of them would work. And none of them really did? <laughs> it was very much giving, like, the Ghost Whisperer mixed with a semi generic rom com K drama that was then released as a two hour long movie. Either it should have been edited down, had sadly less ghost stories, but more focused on, like, the story of that one particular ghost instead of having, like, three mm-hmm. shorter ones. And just, like, removing a lot of unnecessary things. Like, I do feel like the dog got lost in editing, but I wish there were other things yeah. that got lost in the editing. Maybe this would yeah. have worked better as, <laughs> like, a drama. Like a TV show with episodes. Mm-hmm. That would have been very interesting. But as a movie, it just... It's it's a little bit too messy, and the things don't really connect the way that they should. I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's funny that you said that they threw a bunch of ideas together because as we read earlier from the script, that is exactly what director Hong was trying to do. Uh, So, yeah. The other thing I was thinking of is that it has the
2: vibe of a rom-com drama, but it felt like it went too long for a movie. But it kind of made me think, if it was originally a novel that then had been adapted for a movie, that would make a lot of it make more sense to where these things were big deal in the book and the way the pacing was in the book would have made more sense and been more fleshed out than it was in the movie where with a lot of adaptations, they'll cut out stuff, but then they'll leave little things that they know fans like to where it's like, oh, see, we didn't forget about this thing that people remember from it, but Mm -hmm. that's not what, it's not based off of a source material, like of a single source material
0: yeah not as far as i know
1: and as kind of mentioned before i do really think that had we watched this movie in 2011 we might have liked it more with the feeling of the comedy and the pacing and this would probably Mm. have felt more like a fresh idea in 2011 (laughs) when now good point (laughs) there does exist shows kind of like this i believe in the drama world and like we've kind mm-hmm. of seen mm. things reminiscent of this now rather than what we would have in 2011 so I get why people would have loved it in 2011 <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all a little bit on the edge now I don't know
2: as Min mentioned that if we had seen the movie back in 2011 we might have appreciated more which had me thinking like well when I was 21 I didn't have as much experience with ghost stories going to haunted places that sort of thing, and yeah. not had the perspective of, oh, these are real people, unless it's like a fictional sort of thing, who have had these tall tales told about them over the years, which is where a lot of movies like this pull from. So I probably wouldn't have appreciated it, but I definitely would have been more interested in the love line, but wouldn't have noticed the lack of chemistry, how they just jumped into it. So I'm definitely more critical with being older, but I still think, though, that there's some things that you can enjoy about it. I think that it's... It's definitely entertaining. I will say that. Which, there are some movies where they are all over the place and they are not entertaining. This is, luckily, not that situation. You can have fun with this one. It's just, there's times where it gets to be a little bit too silly and a little bit too soft-work. Shall we jump over
1: to the soundtrack?
0: Yes. Yes, please.
2: There is a soundtrack for this movie. It was released a few weeks after Spellbound arrived in theaters on December 21, 2011. It has 25 tracks, but only 3 have vocals. The title track is Falling In Love. It was sung by the girl group EZM and is about the feeling of falling in love. The only other song on this OST that has lyrics is Pyo. It was made by the solo jazz artist Jami Sol, but sung by a female artist who isn't credited. which kind of bugged me and so i had poor Sedin try to look it up for me and she's like no but there is speculation about who it could have been so spooky oh my gosh another spooky thing but apparently though he's big in the jazz scene because i was seeing a lot of his other work and it's like okay so apparently he's big guy in there because he gets a lot of work anyway the final song i want to mention is re-love humming version because it was also made by jammy soul It doesn't have any lyrics, but you can hear someone humming along to the music. I don't think it's Soul because it sounds like it was a female doing it. I could be very wrong. I've never heard his voice because he primarily, I think, makes music and plays a saxophone. But who knows? And the OST has an overall pleasant sound that, in my opinion, is reminiscent of the music for The Neighborhood in the original The Sims game which might seem strange, but during dates and lighthearted moments, it worked. But it was very much like it could have fit into the original Sims soundtrack. And so that led me to sort of binge listen to the old Sims music. I'm like, <laughs> wow, EA has really dropped the ball. They really need to bring that back for like digital download. They really need to do that because it's a whole process if you want to get the original to work on a modern computer. Oh, yeah. So I'm very pro Sims, as you could tell.
1: hmm <laughs> While this movie was very ridiculous at times, it does serve its purpose of being a little spooky and a little cute. So if you want something new to watch for this Halloween season and don't have a lot of expectations, this is definitely one that you should give a try. And in our Lords and Saviors year of 2023, on February 1st, a Filipino adaptation of this movie got released, also named Spellbound oh wow this one is listed as just a comedy and not a horror comedy but it looks fun and stars bella padilla from england i believe but yeah if you want to watch a modern version of this movie it does exist
0: and it's filipino love that very cool thank you for listening if you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about us, and review us on Podchaser. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter, at k or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. More single scoops are coming your way soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong. Happy
2: Halloween. <gasps> wow. Happy Halloween. And happy Nevada
0: Day.